Good morning and happy Saturday. I'm Nick D'Alessandro and this is Wait 5 Minutes, the Floridian Podcast. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving and I hope you're looking forward to the holidays as I am. There are some very fun episodes that I have planned for the next few weeks and I am positive that you are going to enjoy them. But before we get to those and before we get to the topic of the week, some quick news. Last month, Hurricane Michael hit the panhandle of our state to devastating effect. The kindness to the affected communities poured in and the state is still recovering. This month, another horrific natural disaster hit the country, but happened instead to the other Sunshine State out west. The fires in California in the past few weeks have been devastating. Here are some numbers as of this past Tuesday. Over 200,000 acres burned, almost 90 fatalities. In Northern California, hundreds are unaccounted for. And across both of the fires, over 18,000 structures have been destroyed. This is devastating, and the people of California need your help just as we needed help a few months ago. First, I'd like to point you to Charity Navigator, which is a great source to be able to determine the legitimacy of a charity. You can find their website at the top of the description below. The most obvious way to support is by donating to the American Red Cross. But the New York Times adds that the California Community Foundation's Wildlife Relief Fund is a great fund to donate what you can. If you can help out, please do. And remember this, forest fires are on an uptrend and have been since the 1980s. Many consider this to be because of climate change and its effects. Not only is the air warmer and drier, but it's likely that the forest fire seasons will last longer. The correlation there cannot be ignored. An additional piece of information that cannot be ignored is the 2018 budget from the Trump administration that cut $4.7 billion from the Department of Agriculture and $1.5 billion from the Department of the Interior. Both of these departments cover various firefighting efforts. Now, on to today's topic. On November 6th, Florida voters agreed that the state of Florida would ban dog racing entirely across our state. This amendment, number 13 on the ballot, was approved with 69% of voters approving its passage. Those contesting the amendment before its vote included the Florida Farm Bureau, the National Rifle Association, and Florida Cattlemen's Association, according to the Tampa Bay Times. Those opponents said that the language in the amendment could, quote, lead extreme animal rights groups to sue under the amendment to ban any practice that is not deemed sufficiently humane, unquote. This, essentially, meant that these organizations believed this amendment would have an effect on hunting and fishing in the state of Florida. The Florida Supreme Court disagreed due to legal matters, but those in favor of the amendment said these groups were being outrageous, saying, quote, they're trying to make Amendment 13 about a bunch of stuff that Amendment 13 is not about, unquote. I agree, as hunting and fishing are essential to the state of Florida, not just in our culture, our recreation, or our ecosystem, but also in the conservation of our state's natural ecosystem. I'm sure many would bristle at the idea of killing animals being considered a conservation method, but many groups, including the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission, consider it to be one of the most essential means of conservation in our state. The commission, or the FWC, is authorized by Florida's constitution to regulate our state's fish and wildlife resources. They work in almost 54,000 square miles of land, 12,000 square miles of water, more than 34 million acres of public and private land, 5.8 million acres of wildlife management areas, over 2,000 miles of tidal shoreline, and more. They protect 575 species of wildlife, over 200 native freshwater fish species, and over 500 native saltwater fish species. I tell you all this because I now want to add another number into that mix. They have just over 2,000 full-time employees. That's it. 
They do, however, work with 242,000 hunters and millions of anglers and fishers. The FWC publishes the hunting regulations and are in charge of upholding said rules and regulations. To get a permit for a specific type of animal hunting, you must be a Florida citizen and must have passed the hunter safety requirement. You can participate in youth hunting at the age of eight, but when you turn 16, you are legally old enough to be a licensed hunter. As for the animals who can be hunted in Florida, the FWC has a comprehensive list. The animals include alligator, bear, Burmese python, deer, dove, duck, waterfowl, raccoon, possum, skunk, nutria, beaver, coyote, bobcat, river otter, quail, gray squirrel, rabbit, turkey, and wild hog. Some of these are notable. For one, the black bear being on this list is not necessarily true. The black bear at one time was down to just the hundreds, but now its population is over 4,000. However, back in October of 2015, a bear hunt was approved, which was done in order to curb the apparent quote-unquote growth of large and growing bear populations. This ended a year later, and the FWC said that a new plan needed to be completed by April of 2019. Until then, the bear hunt is indefinitely suspended. While many would dispute the import of hunting as a tool for conservation, the United States Fish and Wildlife Service says that, quote, hunters are among the most ardent conservationists around, unquote. Many hunters have become active environmentalists for many reasons, one being the obvious need for something to hunt. If our environments were destroyed and our species ruined, there'd be nothing to hunt. Tammy Sapp is one of the community relations officials in the Hunting and Game Management Department for the FWC. In an email with me, she shares that one of the most prominent impact hunters have on the state's ecosystem is by providing additional funding, quote, through the purchase of hunting licenses, unquote. These funds go toward the Wildlife Restoration Program, a program put forward by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. This program uses the aforementioned funds and puts them toward projects that, quote, restore, conserve, manage and enhance wild birds and mammals and their habitat." Unquote. Her email also adds that hunters are considered the eyes and ears in the wilderness. They provide information about the wildlife and their homes. They report on violations and other issues that face the populations of Florida's animals. Another animal that provides a unique example of hunting's impact in the state? Deer. White-tailed deer, specifically, are Florida's most popular game animal. This popularity is likely due to the challenge of hunting them, the general overpopulation of deer, and the function of their antlers as trophies for the success of the hunt. But this hunting comes with its benefits as well. In an article in Scientific American, they detail the various ways that deer can negatively impact human and broader ecosystems. Deer are attracted to suburban areas, and this can be dangerous to both humans and deer. Animals can damage the agriculture, can lead to car collisions, could transmit Lyme disease, and could enter habitats that they themselves are not native to. And this could lead to major ecological damages on other animals. Speaking of animals invading other ecosystems, Florida has a massive problem with this. They're called non-native species, and some are even defined as invasive species. We have over 500 non-native species observed in the state of Florida, and though some are not necessarily a threat, others can provide great harm to the native species in Florida, as well as humans. The animals that are considered threatening are wide-ranging. For example, there is a South American rodent called the Nutria that has been here in the state since 1955, mostly around Tampa. Certain types of mussel are found underwater and can be detrimental to our ecosystems down there. Many of these animals come in as pets, but some are also brought in for their fur. But there are two species in Florida that serve as prime examples for the necessity of certain hunts. The first 
is the lionfish. Lionfish are carnivorous, found exclusively in the Pacific Ocean. Now, however, they are growing in population in the Atlantic Ocean, down all the way to the Caribbean. Scientists from NOAA are noting the lionfish's particular predatory abilities as key threats to native ecosystems. They are hunting fish that are already overfished in the state, such as snapper or grouper. They eat fish that protect reefs, and notably, kill the parrotfish. The parrotfish eats algae and cleans seaweed from our reefs and coasts. The parrotfish being eaten by this top predator leads to major problems in our underwater environments. Lionfish breed the whole year, have no known predator, and are spreading. The FWC announced in April of 2016 that they would begin a hunt for lionfish. This persists to this day yearly and are still hosting annual lionfish challenges in the summers to see who can bag the most of this incredibly dangerous species. The summer, however, is not the only time when lionfish can be hunted. See, with other species, the rules are very specific. You can only hunt certain animals at certain times in certain areas. Many animals have bag limits, meaning you can only hunt so many of one animal at a time. For example, the daily bag limit for turkey is at 2. For quail, the limit is at 12. For lionfish, the bag limit is set at unlimited. That's the actual word on the site, unlimited. And the harvest seasons are year-round in state waters. The state wants these animals gone, and for good reason. Humans are already causing so much harmful impact on our state ecosystems, it's for the best then that we take the time and effort to remove the threats that are easily within our control. The winner of the Lionfish Challenge, by the way, receives a trophy, an article in Saltwater Regulations, which is a publication, a $500 gift card for scuba tank air fills, and a customized Angle 65-quart cooler. Second place gets a GoPro. There is a far less glamorous hunt happening in the state of Florida, however. It pays just over $8 an hour. While one can hunt a lionfish at a distance using sophisticated hunting tools, the other dangerous species requires much more in order to get your hands on it. That is, of course, the pythons of the Florida Everglades. At first thought, it makes sense somewhat. If alligators and crocodiles can live in bliss together in those swamps and wetlands, perhaps massive carnivorous snakes can too. That is not the case. They are invasive and incredibly dangerous to the unique and fragile balance present in the Everglades. Here's what makes the python hunt so unique. You do not need a permit or a hunting license to hunt these pythons. And the python hunt also takes place year-round. You must humanely kill the creature, and traps and rifles are not permitted. However, you can keep the skin or the meat, though FWC warns against eating python meat. May I add quickly that there are some sentences you never think you'll say, that was one of them. According to the Sun Sentinel, over 800 pythons were caught last year. The Sentinel also reports that Florida officials have struggled to get more people involved, using a similar competition format as the lionfish hunt. The South Florida Water Management District, however, started changing things up when they began offering $8.10 an hour to those who hunted inside of their district. You also receive bonuses depending on the python length. The Sentinel shares one hunter's thoughts on his work. His name is Leonardo Sanchez. Quote, The Everglades is a very beautiful place, and we get to recharge and reconnect. We go to the glades, take them out, and we're saving the ecosystem and all the animals of the glades. Unquote. That's what makes this story so complicated. Many, obviously, are not in favor of hunts, usually citing it as inhumane, cruel, or oppressive to our environment. 
in terms of black bear hunts in Florida, I wholeheartedly agree. It's unnecessary to hunt creatures that are already barely hanging on to decent species counts, and those animals really only cause trouble because of the invasive quality of our own species, humans. But hunting that is used to protect the greater ecosystem should be treated like the essential method that it is. For many, like the aforementioned Mr. Sanchez, part of the draw of the work is not just the monetary gain, but also the idea of getting out into the Florida wilderness in order to protect it. That's essential to being a Floridian. It's our ecosystem. And sometimes, whether we like it or not, we need to take some time to undo the things that have been done to it, even if that includes making up for the sins of more foolish Floridians from days gone by. Plus, you might be named Lionfish King, and isn't that what every Floridian dreams of? Thank you for listening to Wait 5 Minutes, the Floridian podcast. This is our 17th episode, and I'm still so proud every week of the stories I get to tell and the fact that you all keep listening. If you're showing up every week and you enjoy the stories, please tell a friend. Maybe tag local reporters or writers or trendsetters. I love sharing Florida, and I want to share it even more in the coming months to even more people. It would mean a lot if you could do that. If you have any questions, you can reach me at wait5minutespodcast.gmail.com. This episode topic came from a suggestion via that email, so what are you waiting for? Tell me what story you want to hear. All the music in this episode is by Lobo Loco. You can find the titles in the description below and more of their music in the attached link. All the sources in this episode can be found below as well. I'd also like to give a special thanks to the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission. Their work is essential, and their website and representatives work very hard to be as informative as possible. I am grateful for their efforts. Don't forget to subscribe so that you never miss an episode because there are some great stories headed your way in December. If you could also leave a review, that'd be nice too. Anyway, that's all for this week. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Nick D'Alessandro. Be good to yourselves, be good to each other, and please drink more water. Have a great weekend. Thank you.